We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. We are back for yet another episode of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Episode 10 of the podcast, Double Digits, we have arrived. And I am very excited about this week's podcast because Patrick got to do a really, really cool beer experience this past weekend. One that almost everybody, if not literally everybody who works in beer, wants to do at some point in their life. And he went to the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, is, Colorado. In Denver, Colorado, which is basically the creme de la, de la creme of beer awards in the U.S. And we're going to get to that. That's what this whole podcast is based around. It's the GABF podcast, is what we'll call it. And it's going to be stories and award winners and how did Breakside do and all that kind of stuff, just to give Patrick a little bit of love and Breakside a little bit of love. Uh, Not that we haven't done that already, anyway. But I wouldn't be so sure about that. Uh oh, really? Little a little little hint there. Okay. Well, we'll find out what beers did really well, yep. what breweries did really well, and we'll give some love there as well. And um, so that'll be coming up. But as we always start, I want to get into our week of beer. And I know you were at G- GABF, but I'm assuming you went to many breweries in the Colorado, Denver area. You know, there's no shortage of uh, things to do in the beer world when it comes to Denver, Colorado. It's kind of like coming to Portland. Oh, I hear Portland's got beer. Where should I go? And it's like, oh, man, where do you start? Yeah, go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to as many places <laughs> as you can. I, I only did one thing this weekend, so I'll tell you about that as well. Remember, you can find us on 1080thefan.com, iTunes, Google Play. Also on Twitter, we tweet the podcast out. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Patrick's at PDD085. And also, that's his Instagram, where he also posts the podcast probably more frequently than Twitter. So that's where you can find us. Remember to subscribe, review, rate us uh, wherever you find the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate all of you guys who have been listening so far uh it's been awesome the response that we've gotten on the podcast and uh we love you all very much thank you thank you very much tell uh, your friends yes tell your friends tell your mama tell your wife tell your tell your kid tell your kids sure why not? tell your kids why not your kids can wear brewery shirts at school as long as they yeah, just don't they say can, brewing they can go with you to breweries and drink water and eat good food, right? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, so my week in beer was a very, very simple week. I didn't try anything crazy new this week. It was kind of a, we were doing stuff at the house and just kind of a chill. We bought a box of beer at a supermarket, like nothing crazy. But this past Saturday, we, my wife was gone for like 12 days and she came back and I was like, let's go out and do something Saturday because you've gone been gone for so long on business. Let's go to a new restaurant or one that we haven't been to in a super long, really, really long time. And I was like, oh, yeah, Backwoods opened up in Portland. Backwoods, originally from Carson, Washington, uh, opened a location in Portland, basically right across the street from Deschutes in the Pearl District, um, like a block away. And I was like, let's go there. I liked Backwoods when we went. Let's go see what the Portland location's got going on. And we went there. Really cool spot. It's a great location. Literally, as you get off the the Everett exit on 405, it's right there, like the first block down on the street. 
It's a perfect spot. I think I remember hearing that Backwoods was going to open in the Pearl. And I was like, whoa, that's a huge jump from, you know, little old Carson out on the Washington side yeah. to downtown. And then it was, I feel it was like two months later. And it was like, we're open. I was I like, whoa, that was quick. Well, I know. How'd you do that? I heard about that too. And I drove by like, I want to say three weeks later and yeah. it was already there. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. I was like, uh, I have to go now, but I don't, I, I'm not prepared for this mentally. Well, it's a good thing they posted up in the Pearl because the Pearl definitely needs more breweries to go to. Uh, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Especially right in that location. I know you're joking, but I'm not. I know, I know. We'll take them all. It, Keep them coming. I, I like the walking distance days where you can just kind of stumble around a couple of block radius. I think that's the truth. And especially if you're putting quality stuff down there, you know, it allows tourists to kind of come in and experience and drink a lot of, you know, great Oregon beer, uh, all in a centrally located place. And the thing that I like the most about this backwoods, and I have been to the one in Carson, uh, I, I mentioned it last week on the podcast, was that it's not their pizza place again. It's not the same menu. They're going pub style, burgers, sandwiches, interesting appetizers, that kind of thing. And the food was really good. And I've had Backwoods beer before, and I, I enjoyed it the same. They had some unique ones that I, I'm not sure if they had in Carson that were only being brewed here in, in the Portland location. But it's just a really solid place to go. So if you, if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, it's in the Pearl. So if you want to go to Powell's, if you want to go walk around that area, if you want to make multiple stops, include it in your trip because it's right there. It's literally steps away from Deschutes. It's a couple blocks from Von Ebert, um, down the street from Ten Barrel. You know, uh, Bridgeport's a little bit further down, but still in that same kind of walking radius. Yeah, you could do them all. Even Rogue is over there too. You can do them all yep. in that one little like two block radius. So uh, go try it. Hi, I've been to all these breweries. It's fun. I've done it before. <laughs> I've done it twice before, and you get wasted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. It sounds exciting. Yeah, I want to check that out. I mean, I'm. Not in the Pearl a lot, but I'm in the neighborhood decently, so it's kind of easy to get to. Yeah. Especially with all the Timbers games I try to go to. Oh, for sure. You could yeah. park over there, grab mm-hmm. a beer, and then walk over to Providence That's usually park. what I do. I usually just park in that uh, parking lot below the uh, Whole Foods, Yep, like across from Von Ebert. Yep. And I just park there. I mean, it, it costs like, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. It's like $9. $9, yeah. So whatever. It's laughably cheap. <laughs> yeah. So I just do that because trying to drive around Providence Park looking for a parking spot is not fun. And it's actually closer to the stadium than people think. They're all like, oh, the Pearl all the way. It's like, oh, you had to cross a bridge. Now yeah. I got it. Sorry. You had to walk like eight blocks. Yeah, sorry. God forbid. Yeah, but I parked on Johnson in 25th. I got a good spot. And you're like, that's 15 blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot further. Yeah, plus I have breweries around me. Yeah. So how about you? What were the places you went in Denver? What were some of your favorite breweries? And what did you do? Yeah, without getting into GABF, we'll kind of save that um, for the for the meat of the segment. Um, I was fortunate. So I got into Denver Thursday morning and left Sunday late night, like late, late night. So I had a decent amount of time outside of the festival to kind of check some stuff out. Um, I went to a ton of breweries, some that I'd been to before and some brand new ones that I hadn't been to. Let's see if I can rail off this list. Bierstadt, Ratio, Crooked Stave, Great Divide, True, Comrade. I think that's it. Okay. Think and that was over the course of four days. That was over the course course of four days with the festival kind of sandwiched in between. I think some of the people I was with, I think some of them got to a place called Our Mutual Friend, which I'd heard good things about, but I was on festival duty, so I didn't get to make it to that. And uh, some people went uh, down to Golden, Colorado and went to Coors. I was thinking about going to Coors because I hear that that tour is absolutely amazing and that fresh Coors Light is actually really good. Um, but I think, what was I... They did that, and I did something else. 
I don't remember. Oh, I think I went to all those breweries instead. No, I don't know. I forget. A lot of breweries. Okay. <laughs> a lot of beer drinking. But some of them were really great. Like um, being being a, an IPA drinker, and I've had a lot of Colorado IPAs. They're not my most favorite. I find them a little be a little more malt driven, a little heavy for me. Uh, so I kind of went on the a little bit wintry, if you will. Yeah, maybe so. That's because of good the way snow in the area. Yeah, and so I uh, I drank a ton of lagers. Um, I bounced around. There's Beerstadt was the first place we went to when we got in. That place was great. They're famous for the five minute pills, where it takes five minutes to pour because they do a traditional style, hmm. where you set the glass under the tap and you open the tap without tilting the glass or anything, and it's you know got a distance of maybe I don't know a foot where it drops and it hits the bottom of the glass and creates all this foam to the top, and then they let it settle down, and then they just do that repeatedly until the pint is full. That's cra- I didn't know that was a thing. That's the traditional style, and so they're kind of Does like, that make it taste different or better? Or? I, you know, to be honest, I don't know. Did you I have it? Yeah, I did. I, it was a great Pilsner. I don't drink a ton of Pilsners, to right. be honest, so I... I'm not the I'm not the the right person to ask if it does work. I just know it's traditional. Uh, but that was good. They had a Hellas Lager that I loved as well, and an Oktoberfest, a Marzen, if you will, that I really enjoyed. And uh, Crooked Stave, the sours were unbelievable as always. Um, I love I love going to Great Divide because their Imperial Yeti Stout is amazing. And I oh. forgot to grab one for you. Oh, I, I forgot. You said you were gonna yeah, get we that. were bouncing around to breweries, and I was like, I can't carry this going to other breweries. I'll come back later, and then I forgot. That's okay. Um, I went to True, which is a really cool mixed cultured sour brewery as well. Is that the place, the metal one? You texted me yeah, a metal brewery. Yeah, they're a metal brewery. You would have been in absolute heaven because, hmm. like, Grains of Wrath is a metal brewery too. But because of the way their place is built, there's a lot more like sunlight because of their patio and just kind of some natural, kind of traditional Northwest brewery ambiance to where this is like literally a hole in the wall in a weird part of town and it's dark. And everything on the wall is like blacklit. The the beer menu is projected on the screen, and there's like some serious uh I forget the term. You guys have such weird metal terms. Um some like good music playing in the background that a bunch of people were like, Oh, I love this song. Mm. And so yeah, that was like, a cool spot. Did they go intense like they actually had like screaming and growling? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <sighs> oh yeah. It was Woo! your thing. I'm I'm surprised. I, I am going there when I first go to Denver. <laughs> I'm surprised I lasted as long as I uh, did in there because this, this is not my forte. The beer was excellent though. Mm. Uh, Comrade was another place that I really really enjoyed. Um, those guys have collabed with us at Breakside before, so I had heard a lot about them, but I hadn't had a ton of their beer. And I walked into into Comrade, and there's a guy working behind the bar in a Breakside Brewery T-shirt. That's awesome. We were like, "Hello, how are you?" <laughs> He was like, great. And I think I was wearing like a, a, a Breakside hat or something. He was like, oh, nice hat. Check out my shirt. I like Breakside too. And we were like, we work there. He was like, oh, really? <laughs> this this dude has like clearly been to Burning Man too many times. <laughs> he was a super nice guy, super friendly. We talked a bunch. I mean, they rolled out the carpet for us. Um, I think we had a little bit of swag we were able to give them. Their beers were fantastic. Um, a lot of IPAs, um, some fresh hop stuff. I came home with some of their stuff and some of Trues. All in all, the beer scene out there is really great. Um, and they're eclectic. They're all over the place. And we'll um, we'll do a Denver episode eventually. Oh, yeah. Like we did with Asheville. And uh, we have somebody who is a apprentice at a brewery out there that we're going to bring on. Oh. Maybe not during that exact one, but in, in relation to that, we have someone who moved from New Jersey to Denver. And he's now an apprentice in a brewery out there. Maybe it's in Boulder. I can't remember. It's somewhere in that little range. 
and he's he's an apprentice out there, which is really interesting and fascinating to me. So that's going to come up too. Another thing I found out: we went to this place called Ratio, which had a sweet outdoor patio, and we were drinking there, and we looked up at the uh, at this giant mural. I, I posted this mural on my Instagram account, and we were like, "Wow, that's really cool. I really like that." And we looked down at the bottom, and the artist was uh, Blaine Fontana, who did artwork at Slabtown. Oh, at our Slabtown location. So it was like, oh, little piece of home right now. Yeah. And their beers were great, too. Their beers were really solid. They had some of the better IPAs I had that weekend. So what was your favorite beer that you had among that grouping of breweries you went to? My The favorite beer I had, and it's funny because I just said I drank a ton of lagers and stuff. Um, I had this sour, ro- this like rosé sour um oh god with yeah with raspberries and blackberries raspberries and blueberries from crooked stave that i really enjoyed um make ipa clear again uh from comrade was also one of my favorite and i came home with this uh fooder aged saison with watermelons from true that i really enjoyed you would absolutely hate it um i'd be willing to try it uh and and everything i liked the sour you brought for the quick hit episode that is true and uh everything i had from beer Because they literally had four beers, hmm. and it was a, a Pilsner, a Hellas, Oktoberfest, and a Dunkel. And that's your go-to. And those were great. I, yeah. I absolutely loved them. Well, that is uh, all out in Denver. We'll do an episode for that eventually uh, when we do another location episode. We actually probably could do that as our next location because you've been there now mm-hmm. and tried all the breweries. So we could do that uh, fairly soon, but uh, that'll be still a little bit into the future. But this episode today is based around GABF, the Great American Beer Festival. It is an award ceremony for all the craft beer in the, in the U.S. And it's apparently just a giant S show half the time where like people get really hammered and drunk in the, in the convention center. And it's rowdy but fun. Including it, some of us. <laughs> I, I would imagine. And I kind of just want... Outside of like who won what and who who did really well, which we'll get to, I kind of just want story time. Yeah. I kind of want it, like what happened, what was what was the scuttlebutt about at, at GABF this year. So uh, wherever you want to start, I'm willing just to listen and let you let you go because you were the one there. Sure. I mean, uh, I guess just kind of start with with how it's set up. The festival starts on Thursday and it goes through Saturday night, and it is a big beer tasting convention with an award show kind of sandwiched on Saturday morning. Um, It's like a trade show, basically. You walk into this giant warehouse, and there's hundreds of breweries with booths set up, all pouring X amount of beers, different beers. And you kind of just, as a consumer, you buy a ticket, and you walk in, and you basically get one free one-ounce pours for the entire four-hour session that you're there. Wow. So you just cruise around. I don't think tickets are super expensive, but I don't think they're cheap either. So you, you paid a little bit of money to get in. And but just, anybody can actually get in. It's not just for the brewers. Yep, anybody. They do sell to the to the public. Wow. Um, it sells out very quickly. Um, but yeah, there is. I mean, it's it's just like a brew fest, you know. So you got the you got people with pretzels around their neck, and anytime someone drops their plastic cup on a concrete floor, everyone goes, oh, you know. It's so it's got. It definitely reminds me of like the Oregon Brewers Festival and that kind of atmosphere. Uh, but the difference between you know, the uh, a traditional beer festival, and this is every brewery has a representative there. You know, we're there with, like, nine people. Um, we were fortunate enough, we, we ended up grabbing two booths and poured 10 different beers, and there's nine of us there, so you get to actually talk to brewers, and you get to actually ask them questions uh, and say, 
you know, oh, tell me about this. This goes is fantastic. Tell me about it, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's a fun little aspect. And then for us, as uh, us in the beer world, uh, we're able to walk around and go find our friends. Because, you know, I went over and saw my buddy Conrad, Conrad at uh, at Culmination, and we ran over to the Grains of Rap table to see Mike and Owen out there. And, you know, a former guy who worked for us and Tom Fisher, he's at Pine... Pine House Pizza in Austin, Texas. We went over to the Pine House booth, and there's Tom. And so it was just kind of cool stuff like that. Um, I don't. I didn't see too many people that were like ridiculously hammered, because um, it's only four hours. What is what is ridiculously hammered in the beer world as compared to the uh, the normal world? Because uh, you guys can ha- you guys can handle your liquor. Well, that's the thing. Well, yeah, it's your beer. It's it it's the same. It's just I think a lot of us can drink more than the average person, uh, and I think we are better at pacing ourselves. Um, but it's the same thing when you start seeing somebody who's kind of getting a little, and the eyes start to, uh, you know, then then you know. But as far as Gen uh, Pop was concerned, I didn't really see too many wasted people. Definitely, like people have been drinking. Oh yeah. And come Saturday, we were trying to just go through the rest of our beer. So I'm pouring heavy pours, and people are like, "Gotta go to the break side tent." They're pouring fat. <laughs> uh, just cause, but. So there's that, and so there's a session on Thursday, there's a session on Friday night, and then there's two sessions on Saturday and after the award. And if you buy award. a ticket, is it only a ticket for one of those sessions? It is only a ticket for one session. Okay. Um, that there's, would be... There's not like a weekend-long expensive ticket that you can just go every day. No, no, there's not. You, you can buy each individual one if you want to um, and are, is it different beer and breweries or is it all the same it's just multiple days to allow people to taste that multiple beer. days to allow them to taste yeah okay. things aren't changing over um when you're out of beer you're out of beer got it so so when it comes to that you know we had to you know and everybody kind of did this we kind of all had to police ourselves in how much we we're willing to pour so like thursday we we only sent two six barrels of each of our beer that has to last four sessions. So on Thursday, when we're pouring stuff, we're starting to feel kind of kegs like, okay, how much is left in this? Because this has to get us through tomorrow. And then the two sessions on Saturday, we'll just kick whatever we have left. Right. So that was that was interesting, you know, like passion fruit sour. It was like, oh, this is tap for the day, even though there's clearly beer in it, because that was a popular one. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting thing to kind of manage, I guess, on our end. And Thursday was rough. Um because none of the beer was really cold, not just us, but everybody. Like they had put beer in trash can, the kegs in trash cans, and put ice in them. And by the time we got there, it had all melted. Oh, and it was like water, and it was like pulling teeth to try to get ice. And the beers are pouring foamy, and by the time the foam settles, they're tasting flat and they're kind of warm. I was really upset about it. I saw my buddy Tom at Pint House, and I said, "Hey, Tom, what am I drinking?" Because they're a highly acclaimed Texas brewery. And I was like excited because we don't get their beer out here. I've never had their beer. So I was excited to try some of their beer. And so I said, hey, Tom, like, what what am I drinking? He was like, nothing. It all tastes terrible. It's flat and warm. And so Friday, I didn't go to our mutual friend because I jumped in with some of our other guys that were going to help set up and was like, look, that's not happening. And so Friday, we walked in two hours before it opened. The session opened, and I'm yelling at any volunteer and any island captain I can find, yo, I want 12 bags of ice over here right now. And we got it. And we just, I just, you know, the squeaky wheel. And just kind of kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, and we finally got them cold. And then they started pouring well. And sure enough, people walk by, and they're like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you so blah, blah, blah. And you're like, awesome. That's interesting, because I I would think that in an event like this that is so big and so important, 
important mm-hmm. in the beer world, they, they'd kind of have the rest together a little more than just to have I, no ice or have it get in too early so that it melts by the time people get there. Like, wouldn't it be more organized than that? I think it was more of a I think it was more of a day one communication thing. I wouldn't say they didn't have their stuff together. I would just say that that might have been something we missed on Thursday. Because come Friday... Oh, uh, yes. Very important to have cold beer, but we, yeah, we, we went and missed And come, come Friday, come Saturday, everything was, was, was a lot better. So I think it was just kind of like just day one, oh, man, what something's going to go wrong on day one of this massive production. Because outside of that, dude, this thing is amazingly put on. And people, you know, some of the big heavy hitters throughout America, they have their booths on like end caps and it's a production right you know it's it's like it's craftily made booth yeah very much so and you know and people will walk around and they'll see i'm trying to think of one as an example oh like uh oscar blues oscar blues has this huge booth and they have break dancers outside and they're giving away swag like no one's business and they've got a silent disco going on and that's a production and if you live in, you know, Alabama and you've never heard of Oscar Blues, you're going to be like, what is this? I better go try their beer. And so there is, yeah, a lot of that marketing and sales going on. So that's the event. That's pretty cool. What 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 did you notice? Because I'm assuming it's, it's sales also for beer. Like, here's new styles that we've done. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this with a couple of other people before. But what did you notice being the one that the breweries around the entire country were pushing the most. Was it the sour? Was it the rosé IPA? Was it the German style that you've been talking about? Uh, was it something completely different? Was there classics being pushed? Like what what was the hey, try this. We're really proud that we made this and it's going to be popular. Kind uh, of thing. Dominated sours and hazy IPAs without a doubt. Um those were the longest lines. Um if you you know, Great Notion had a huge line all Always. all four sessions. Um, Avery, which is a brewery in, uh, I, th- I believe they're in Boulder, Fort Collins, Boulder, Fort Collins, one of the two. Okay. I can't remember. They're a Colorado brewery. Um, they were only pouring barrel aged stuff. So they had like three barrel aged sours and three barrel aged stouts. Their line was insane. Um, and then the heavy hitters, you know, like Wicked Weed was really long and, uh, who else? Gosh, I'm starting to like lose my mind here. Um, Freem did really well and they weren't even pouring, uh, hazies. They were pouring a sour, but they weren't pouring any hazies. Um, but it was like, oh, okay. People had learned, you know, like people across the country now know who that brewery is. All because of our podcast last week, by the way. (laughs) They listened to it the day they got there and went, oh, I got to go to this Freem place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they did really well. They had a good line for them. Um, and Austin Beer Garden Brewery, um, ABGB, um, they 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 had a long line as well. I mean, the the big hitters, New Belgium had a huge line. Uh, yeah, all the big boys. All right, so award show Saturday morning. Yeah, they they wake us up and we got to be there at like uh, nine o'clock. Ooh. But they provide breakfast burritos. Ah, and beer and breakfast beer. Yeah, that's good. And I drink passion fruit sour for breakfast. Like six of them. Ooh, I mean they're four ounce pours. Still, by the time the award ceremony started. Ooh. Uh, so who, who did well? What was like the, was there like a breakout brewery? Was there a, an old reliable that won a ton of awards? What was kind of the, who, who walked away the winner in your mind? So the, so the ceremony starts and they just kind of go, there's some pleasantries in the very beginning. And then it's like, boom, we got 103 categories to power through on this and got to do bronze, silver, and gold. 
Um, some regions that I would say did very well. Um, Texas did very well as they always do. Um, Oregon did very well as we always do. And Ohio was a little bit of a surprise for me. Ohio had a lot, a lot of success and we knew it because all the Ohio breweries were passing around this flag that said drink beer made here. And it was like a USA flag, but where the stars and stripes are, was the state of Ohio. Mm. And it said drink beer made here. Um, so we saw that on stage a lot. So they did really well. Um, Austin Beer Garden Brewery, ABGB in Austin, Texas, they, they took home best large brewery of the year for the second year in a row. That's gotta be some unprecedented, amazing accomplishment for those guys. Uh, so that kind of stood out. And then as far as Oregon goes, um, I think, I think the big winner in Oregon was, as we were mentioned, was Freem. Freem took home, uh, two medals, including a silver for their Pilsner in the German style Pilsner category, which is not an easy comp. Not an easy category to win. And that's their their basic Pilsner, that's their, right? their house Pilsner. I that, had that this weekend. That is not an easy category um, to, to medal in. So kudos to them, which launched them into, they won mid-sized brewery of the year. Wow. Yeah. And Freem had been shut out. I believe, I believe Freem has yet to win a GABF medal. And for them to come home with two and mid-sized, uh, I don't think we could be any more happy for them. That's um, awesome. I was kind of, we were kind of sitting, we were sitting with Wayfinder, Grains of Wrath, Freem, culmination and migration we were all kind of sitting in the same area together and when they announced freem as mid-sized brewer of the year i mean we all lost it. it we were so jacked for them uh so that was that was really cool um who else who else took some medals grains of wrath won a medal for their vienna lager which is probably my favorite beer they make so congrats to mike and owen and those guys out there um wayfinder snagged a medal uh freem obviously with their two i want to say good life got one who else? Who else am I missing? Ale Song, which is a kind of a barrel-aged sour brewery outside of Eugene. They took home three medals, including two in one category, which was kind of cool. They were like, in the bronze, Ale Song. We were like, yeah. And the silver, Ale Song. We were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was really fun. Oregon did Oregon did very, very well. Who underperformed, in your opinion, in, in terms of like region? Maybe not. I don't want to call it like breweries who didn't do well, yeah. but like in terms of regions that maybe di you didn't notice up there a lot. Uh, New England. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of New England breweries okay. up there. I mean, California did well. There's a ton of breweries in California. Um, but as far as the heavy hitters, yeah, I didn't see a ton of New England, but there was a ton of Chicago, a lot of Texas, California, Oregon, Washington, a little um, not nothing crazy. Colorado did well, but what one thing that I noticed in this, like there are tons of breweries in Colorado, and I know a lot of them, and there were a lot of Colorado breweries that winning that I'd never heard of. Hmm. Same with California, just breweries that I was like, what? They're in, they're in, they're in this town, and I've never heard of this brewery, and they just won their second medal, and so that was kind of interesting. Um, I thought, I thought the the. Let's see, the heavy hitters, the big players, maybe they underperformed, quote-unquote. Um, it is blind taste testing, yeah. so it's hard to say. It's hard to really call it underperforming. I would say surprising. Well, I, mean, I would say underperforming because if like, you get a reputation, you would think that that would hold up against a bunch of other breweries, but... Maybe not, especially because it's blind taste test. Yeah, and and as far as as Breakside goes, you know, we've been very fortunate. GABF has been very very good to us over the years, and uh, we did not take home a medal this year, hmm. um, which was which which is fine. You know, I mean, I think the the way we're looking at it is, it's like, you know, you can't expect everything, which just means that just because you win a bunch of medals, you still got to work hard, and we'll continue to work harder. And if anything, I think the best thing is that Oregon did so well, and we saw our friends winning medals. And that's 
almost as great as winning ones yourselves. Well, I think what's cool about that is it helps prove that some of the other breweries that have started up mm-hmm. are getting to the level that keeps Oregon at the top of the beer game. Mm-hmm. That there are there are only so many top, top, top breweries in this city and state. There's a lot of good ones, mm-hmm. but there's only so many at the very top. Yeah. But if a bunch of breweries start winning medals, that means that they're raising their expectations and their standards up to getting close to, if not into that top, top range, which is just better for all of us who live here by giving us more options of places to go and more beer that we can drink that we know is going to be of the highest quality and you're not going to be disappointed. Right. And, and you know, I also, there's, there's so many factors and this was the one that I was kind of chatting with because... We were pouring our beers at, uh, you know, at the booth and, you know, I'm kind of QAing them. So I'm quality assuring them, like tasting them, tasting them. I'm like, man, these beers are tasting great. And they're all the batches that we submitted. So it leaves what leaves me to kind of wonder, and it's not a blame thing by any means, but I'm wondering if if judges and people's palates are just evolving. I wonder if they're changing. I mean, with with the emergence of. With how popular sours and hazy IPAs are these days, those are such different flavors than what we're normally used to in beer. And so I'm really curious to see some notes back because um, you do get notes back for the beers you submit. So I'm excited, you know, to talk to my friends out of Grains and Culmination and those kind of and then along with us to just kind of hear what the response was. You know, the things they liked about it, the things they didn't like about it and see if, you know, where's our IPA palette? You know, where's our American style IPA palette with the hazies kind of dominating everything, even though that's its own category. Are we starting to change in our minds what we're looking for in an American style IPA? That'd be interesting if if you'd be willing when you do get those to share on the podcast what they said, because I like I'm just here on this podcast learning how to try to taste beer at all the levels. And I'm assuming those who are tasting and, and given the medals are experts. They're mm-hmm. almost like um, what's the word? The. The people who know wine, sommeliers. Yeah. They're almost like beer sommeliers. Mm-hmm. And they they understand all the flavors and all the things and all the ingredients, and they can get super nitpicky about all the stuff. I'd be curious to see what they had to say. Yeah. As just as just an idea of like, hey, this is how they talk about the beer. I just think that'd be fascinating. Yeah, because you can't just be like, hey, my name's Patrick and I work at beer. Can I be a judge? You know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to you have to have credibility and have judged before and you basically go through an interview process before they say, Yeah, you can judge. Is there any final thoughts of GABF? that you wanted to share before we uh, move into our beer of the week this week? Uh, it's it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, anybody that ever gets the chance to go, whether you're, you know, whether you're, you know, just just a consumer that wants to roll in or you work for a brewery and you, and you get to go, uh, enjoy it because it goes by quickly. Um, make friends, laugh, don't take yourself too seriously and uh, cheer for others, you know, support the community. There was a, I guess I'll leave on one last final funny story. Um, there's a small brewery in Seattle called Cloudburst. They won a medal, I believe, for session hazy, hazy session IPA. And I think they took a silver and they walked up on stage to collect their medal. And uh, one of the guys on stage unzipped his uh, hoodie and under it uh, had a T-shirt in giant letters that said blank AB in Bev. Um, and that got the crowd a, a little riled up uh, in in a positive way because you know independent beer right matters. But there are those who have been purchased by big beer who are also there, correct? Ten Barrel did well. Yeah. Ten Barrel, I think, came home with three medals. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, they they allow big beer in there. Um, you know, I don't 
I don't know why, personally, especially when you walk to the convention center and there's a giant sign out front that says, because independence matters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, 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 it's not it's not my festival. Uh, it, moral of the story, it, it's a great time. Take advantage of it. Have fun. Try beers. And uh, try to take pictures. Maybe write things down, because I'm already forgetting, and it was like three days ago. Right, and you're drinking. So you're going to get drunk. <laughs> and it's I gonna, drink a lot. It's going to be hard to remember all that stuff. I yeah. tried to do that when we went to the... Uh, the the Brewers Festival that together mm-hmm. and I made a little notepad on my phone and halfway through I forgot to add stuff. Yeah, to you're it. just like I was hey, like, no, wait, <laughs> what did I try? Oh no, oh no, I can't ah, remember. I um, that's really cool. It almost sounds like a uh, a pilgrimage. A lot of beer lovers need to make. Yeah, because it, it since it's to the open to the public. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure on the price of the ticket, probably spendy, but either way, open to the public. This is your chance to go. Like where else would you be able to go try beer or beers and breweries from every corner of the country, Only here. all in one place, mm-hmm. all trying to put their best foot forward with their best, most recent creations? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's like a mecca for beer people. Yeah, and I think what makes this truly the Great American Beer Festival is that it works for all walks of life in beer, whether you're a brewer, front of house, just an just an avid lover. Um, I was on, I was on, oh man, I wish I had it. I was on, uh, some guy's podcast. I believe he's based out of Vancouver, BC. He interviewed me about, uh, about our beer, you know, and there's, so there's podcast people, there's critiques there. There's just, you know, avid fans, there's brewers, there's restaurant people, there's, you know, there's Jameson people in the house and hop farmers there. And so it's, it's everybody. So you can, it's the giant hodgepodge. It's literally the melting pot of the beer world. I just came up with that, and I'm very proud of that. There you go. The melting pot of the beer world. Maybe we can use that in the title of the podcast today. Ooh, I kind of like it. Episode 10 GABF, the melting pot of the beer world. Booyah. Done. Lock it in. Let's go. All right, coming up next, as always, we will have our beer of the week. I am, I'm happy I chose this beer because I enjoyed it. But will Patrick enjoy it? Oh, boy. That's the question. Find out what it is here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the week time here on episode 10 of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. I have been very sneaky. Uh, We kept this in a fridge in the office and we went to go get it. And I made sure I covered the label so Patrick couldn't see it. And I want this to be a surprise because I don't want Patrick to taste this with already a thought that he's going to hate it. Oh, my goodness. I think I know what style this is then. Well, no, I don't think you do. Okay. Okay. It is not. It it is not a barrel aged Imperial Stout. That is not what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh Oh, (laughs) it's not a pumpkin beer. That is not what I was thinking either. What? Okay, so what are you thinking? Now I'm curious. What are you thinking it is? Uh, I'm really scared you have a barley wine in that bottle. <laughs> no. Okay, thank God. Then I'll be good. I was going to say, I. you think I, of all people, would pick a barley I wine? I don't know, man. I don't know. I've tried barley wines before, and I have not been a big fan. It is not for me. It's tough to drink. and I think you have to be a home brewer to really love barley wine. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's a very, very, very acquired taste. That was funny about, you know, at GABF, they do give medals for... For barley wine, I was like, man, what are those judges like after that session? Right. Just hammed. Just absolutely housed because I just tried 35 <laughs> barley wines. <laughs> but it's only one little taster, right? That's I mean, it. I, 
I don't like tasting in like one ounce. How can I taste a beer with one ounce? So you think they take, well, they can't have pints of each, obviously. No, so that would be awesome. <laughs> I would hope my beer was at the end of the tasting. <laughs> oh, this one's amazing. I love it. Why? What is that? Fl- it tastes like beer. That's how <laughs> beer should taste like beer. Uh, Gold medal. On, um, a, on a side note, I'm really starting to love this segment. The beers on or the uh, beer of the week. I didn't think I. I really didn't think this would be one of my favorite ones, but I think you and I are having more fun with it than we thought we would. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I will. I will show this to you, so you can't see the name of it, but it oh. is. It is backwards. Oh, okay, cool. Because this is one of the beers they had on tap when we went there this weekend. All right. And when I went to John's Marketplace today to grab a beer for beer of the week, I went. I haven't had a lot of crazy beers this week. I tried a fresh hop from Backwoods, but they didn't have that at John's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, we went out to Thirsty Lion, and I got a couple of beers on tap there. But they were old, old regulars. Like uh, I had your standbys, Boneyards RPM, and I had a Freem Pilsner when I was there. I was like, I'm not bringing that for beer of the week. This is a seasonal beer for the current time of year that is at Backwoods. Okay, you can tell by the color in the bottle that it's a dark beer. It is dark. So I will pop it for you. This beer, the beer of the week this week. Is Backwoods Pecan Pie Porter. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've had this beer. I know this beer, but you I know don't know it. if I've had it. I haven't seen it up until this year. So, because I went there last year and I've had Backwoods before and I did not see this beer before, but it is quite tasty. I enjoyed it quite a bit and it is not as sweet as, as you would think it would be. Yeah. You hear the word pecan pie and you're like, well, for me, I'm like, yes, Pe- let's go. Pecan or pecan? I say pecan pie. I think I say pecan pie. But also I've said pecan pie as well. Yeah, maybe I, I say do both. both. I say both. Um, Let me know if you get an equal pour there because I, I was trying to equal it out there. Pecan pie. There's um, more beer in here. Okay, good. I like more beer. More beer is good. The uh, This is only the second dark beer that we've brought in for Beer of the Week. Both have been by me. We brought in the Von Ebert... Um, Crazy Mexican Imperial Stout, which scared Patrick half to death, and then good, and he liked it a lot. It was really good. And this one, he just gets scared. Is the uh, the pecan pie porter? Uh, let's see. It's their experimental Forest Service series. It comes in a twenty two, five point nine percent. Oh, do 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 do. Made with five different grains, including chocolate and caramel malt. This seasonal porter gives off subtle chocolate notes, complemented with hints of vanilla and pecan. There you go. That's what the label says. I know. I took my first sip right there, and I actually had this in a sample tray. I have a really hard time getting the the flavors and trying to taste a beer in a sample tray. Without a doubt, man. Because it's so small of a of a of a glass mm-hmm. that even though I can like I'll smell it and I try to take a sip, I don't get the same effect that I do when I have a full pint. At GABF, they're pouring one ounce one ounce pours of anything you want in a plastic glass. I walked out of there and was like, my kingdom for a pint. I would drink a pint of anything right now. Like, can I get soda in a pint? It just make me feel better. My so, mom once told me she was in Ireland, and she was talking to this old Irishman, and he said to her, "I'm not going to do an Irish accent because it'll be terrible." But he says to her, "He says, top of the morning to you, laddies." <laughs> he says, "He says, honey, all life's issues can be settled over a pint." And I was like, "I agree. That is very true. I want a pint. All right, I got to taste this beer." So it it has. Mm, I like its smell. It does have a very uh, vanilla porter mm-hmm. flair to it. But, it smells sweet. But it's not that sweet on the finish. 
you you kind of on your first on the front end of the taste i get the the pecan or the pecan or however you want to say it i say it both ways don't hate me for it uh, you kind of get the nutty flavor right in the beginning it turns into a vanilla porter in the middle and the back end is just kind of it's not overly sweet it's kind of like roasty almost mm-hmm. i definitely i don't find it too sweet it's got a touch of sweetness to it though so you know the, the sweetest part is the smell almost it smells would, sweeter than it I tastes i would 100 agree it smells way sweeter than it than it actually tastes um, I'm kind of with you on the back end. I, I get that's where I get a lot of the chocolate. That's where I'm getting a lot of the chocolate malt in the back grain. Um, I think the amount of vanilla in this is nice. I kind of want a little more pecan flavor. I think so too. Um, I get it right in the beginning. Yeah, but I mean, I love pecan pie, and I love kind of the flavoring and the and the sweet syrupy aspect of it. It'd be cool if that hits you a little bit harder. But I also think this makes this way more approachable because without a doubt, this is an approachable beer because if somebody goes in and just says, hey, pick a taster tray for me, because people do that sometimes mm-hmm. and they bring dealer's them a, choice. Yeah. They give them a, a, this this beer and they don't like dark beer and they don't like sweet beer and they don't like rich beer. They're going to go if if it is that sweet, they're going to go. Ugh. It's like clawingly sweet. Yeah. This is super approachable. This is a very drinkable beer that has the fall style in it. In the early part of the flavor. Yeah. That's why I liked it. And I think. And my wife liked it too. And she likes dark beer, but she doesn't like overly rich beer. And she liked this one. Yeah. And and the vanilla aspect is is tricky, you know, because vanilla is such, you know, a potent flavor that if you're not careful, it can. Ab- <coughs> Excuse me. I'm choking on beer. It can actually dominate the flavor of the beer. You know, so vanilla, whether you're using vanilla or you're just getting that natural flavor from the malts. It's 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 a tricky balance because you've had vanilla porters and vanilla stouts before that are like vanilla bombs. It just tastes like you're yeah eating vanilla ice cream. Yeah, and that's not inherently a bad thing. No, no, but no. it's just overpowering after a while, especially if you get like a twenty two of, of something like that, and it's like this is good, but oh my god, it's just vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. You do not get that in this. No, 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 no. There's definitely balance in this. Um, I'm loving I'm loving the porter body in it. Um. The body itself isn't overly thick, um, which is which is I think why you know you have those staunch porter and stout drinkers out there, but they're even hey. with even within that category, you have people that really only want porters, and I think a lot of that has to do with the size of the body. It's not thick, you know. There's a ton of flavor in this beer. You're not drinking a roast beef sandwich, is one of my good friends likes to say. Exactly. Yeah. Um. You you get the dark roasty you know, chocolate, vanilla, pecan, whatever kind of flavors you like, peanut butter, It's as some of them go, you can kind of get that in a porter without it being heavy. Um, it's why I really like Schwartz beers um, I was or, gonna, or black lagers because I get all those flavors in a lager body. I was going to bring that up with this one. And, and this is different than other porters that I've had in the sense that the very end of the palate at the very, very back end, it reminds me more of a Schwartz beer. And, uh, or what's the other dark one? Uh, Marzen? Is that dark? Uh, no, I wouldn't say dark like this. And I just, what, what's the other darker colored German beer? I can't remember the name. I mean, like Dunkles are pretty dark. Okay. Um, but not as dark as this. Right. But it just, it has that, that flavor at the very back end of, for me that mm-hmm. reminded me of one of those style of beers okay. where it's light and drinkable and it's darker. So it's maltier, but that's kind of how I get on the back end. So all of the crazy flavors in this beer happen early for me and it becomes very very simple and 
easy drinking at the very back end for me. And you're right. We are kind of getting into the season of this. I mean, I've noticed in the tap room, people, you know, we don't have any dark beer on. And people are like, hey, can I get a dark beer? What's going on here, man? Because, you know, here in Portland. Almost October. Here in Portland, it's summer. And then the next day, it's like, oh, yeah, summer's over. There's no transition. Yep. We're in fall now. But we kind of, we're weird right now. So the day that we're, this is Wednesday that we're recording this. 87 today. It's gonna today? Be, yep. I thought it was supposed to be like 73. Nope. 87, 87, 87, next few days. My phone lied to me. And then it goes back to 70s. I thought we had we had already hit that wall of summer's over because we got into the 60s and rainy for a week. But no, it's back. We're, we're in the 80s this week for some reason. It's supposed to rain on Sunday. Yep. But it's going to be 70s still. Uh, so next it, Thursday, a high of 61. There you go. There's winter that's, for you. That's my Portland. That's, that's the winter beer you're looking for. But yeah, I'm with you because once the rain starts, mm-hmm. I want these beers on tap. Yeah. I, w- I want to be able to go and say, you've got multiple dark beers I can choose from. Mm-hmm. I think it was Fort George once when I went there. They were doing a, like it was a stout month, and they had five or six different stouts on the menu. And they I went, have tons of them. And I went, this is my heaven. And I tried them all. Well, maybe this will be a podcast that we can do in the future um, because I know your love for dark beers. And it's funny you mentioned Fort George because they host the Festival of the Dark Arts Mm. in Astoria once every year. And that is just the biggest, baddest, meanest dark beers you can find. So we should go to Astoria and go out there and drink those beers and... Sure, Mike. Hopefully stay a night because we're going to be completely destroyed. I'd do it for you. (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't do it for anyone else, but I'd do it for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, Backwoods Brewing Pecan Pie Porter is the the beer of the week this week. Uh, Were you really scared I wasn't going to like it? Yeah. Oh, I like this. Because that's why I didn't want to tell you early what it was. Because a porter named after a very sweet, rich pie sounds terrifying. Sounds terrifying. So I didn't want you to go in with the expectation that this was going to be, oh my God, I, this is going to be bad. I'm Nicely not going to like this. Done. And I knew it wasn't that crazy, but I just didn't want to set you up to be to be nervous about it. Thanks, buddy. Look at you looking out for me. I look. I'm understanding how your beer brain works. Hey, you gave me some ideas, though. I've got. Um, we'll get a little later on in the season. I've got. I got some tricks up the old sleeve. All right, just don't bring barley wine, please. <laughs> uh, I don't have any barley wine, Although, so we're good. I have a feeling we should do an episode on that at some point because maybe it'll be an introduce introduction to us liking it for some. If reason. we do that, we have to drink barley wine throughout the entire segment, the entire show. Okay, and okay. then get. By the end, we're just slurring. Yeah, over. then you'll understand. <laughs> okay, that's okay. not just a beer of the week. It's it's a beer for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, and we have to do it on a weekend. Yes, because we lift down. Because I can't go work after drinking a barley wine. I was gonna say we should just like record on location, like in my house. Could do that. Order some pizza. Yeah, and just crash and watch Star Wars on the couch for four hours, and then sober up and we can go go our separate ways oh mike i wish you were a woman i'd marry you <laughs> although you are a man i could marry you you could but, oh, but I, you're already married i'm already married Dang yes it. to a to a woman who would likely do the same thing although maybe not with star wars but um we can do star trek it's okay well i i prefer star wars i'm saying she actually my wife does like star wars but she hadn't seen them all and she was like i should watch them shouldn't i, I was like yeah let's do it they're great so we've seen the first two now but we're also watching Harry Potter because she never saw those. So there's a lot of movies we have to get Whoa, through. Whoa, dude. Your wife. What is going on? Well, she's watching them now, isn't she? She's never seen the Harry Potters? She's seen them, but she was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, well, we're going to go find out right now. Whoa. So we are through the first five. Snape now. kills Dumbledore. 
Yes. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, that is that is a fact. That does happen. It's not a spoiler alert. It's been like 20 years. Look, that is the most common spoiler from that movie. Within like a week of that movie being released, people were like, Snape kills Dumbledore! People were waiting in line to see the movie. They walked by, Snape kills Dumbledore. I saw The Force Awakens three days before it came out, and then I stood in line to watch the movie. It's like opening showing down in a in a movie theater in Portland. The huge line. We waited in it all day, and uh, I could have easily walked by and been like, "Han Solo takes a lightsaber to the chest <laughs> by his own by son. his own son." <laughs> Who's Kylo Ren? <laughs> They're on the bridge, so you know the scene's coming. Yeah. It's reminiscent of when Luke gets uh, his hand cut off. If you see me crying, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. I opted not to, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us, clearly, uh, with the, the beer, <laughs> beer of the Week and the Beers on Us podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Well, me on Twitter, at MikeLynch27. Patrick at both, at PDD085. Also, 1080TheFan on Twitter, at 1080TheFan. You'll find the podcast there. You can find it on 1080TheFan.com, on iTunes, on Google Play, all that good stuff. Coming up next week, we will be doing another style-based podcast. And it is going to be the Oktoberfest. I'm really, style. really looking forward to this. Um, I brought an Oktoberfest back from Comrade that we can drink while we're talking about it. It doesn't have to be the beer of the week, but we can drink while we're talking about it. It's called the Hunt for Red Oktoberfest, which makes sense because Comrade's a very, like, Russian USSR themed I could brewery. imagine with the name Comrade, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Is there any potential guests you have noodling about that would be good for an Oktoberfest Ooh, style? Ooh, I could go find somebody. That'd be interesting. Could, to, I'll try to find somebody. And here's the, and I'll save this mostly for next week, but here's the thing. I, I thought I would love Oktoberfest when I first tried it, and I didn't. Mm, because fun. it was not what I expected. Cool. But now I do like it. So that'll be coming up next week. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find it. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you think. Send us comments, uh, stuff that you're you're interested in, beers that you've tried, places you've been, all that kind of stuff. We like that. So send that our way. And uh, we'll be back next week for the Oktoberfest episode here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Deuces. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.